This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and with me today on the show, as always, Matt Harrison. Matt, glad to have you with us. Are you ready to get into the EdTech News of the Week? I am. Good, sir. Well, I am too, but I feel like we should speak to those few pioneers, those who have gone boldly where very few have gone before. That's right, our listeners. There's a couple of them out there, I know. Um, we've been talking about changing the formats and in the meantime, we've you know not really been very consistent with our podcast. So we are working towards recording on Wednesday nights and the podcast will be available Thursday morning. We're going to go through the headlines quickly and then we're going to have a featured segment. Sometimes it might be the Matt segment, sometimes it might be an interview, and sometimes it might be like today where we just expound a little bit more on a story. So we appreciate you for being one of the original listeners, and we apologize that we have not been consistent, but we're going to try. Matt's going to Matt's gonna make sure that I stay on my deadlines. It's much like the movie Speed. Except for there's no Sandra Bullock. If we don't, if we don't have one every single week, something will happen. Oh, now you've got me, now you've got me excited to record next week's already, so nothing happens. All right, let's get to our first story. Business Insider reports that a 14-year-old student had the opportunity to interview the Waz, that's right, the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, Serena Kimchendini, I hope I'm saying that right, got some great answers from the Waz, including that he was kind of a nerdy outcast in school, and he taught himself a lot about science and math, uh, which he's obviously used to make himself a little bit of coin. I'm not shocked here that Waz was uh, a geek in school, that makes probably perfect sense. But Serena was in that position to interview him because she developed a program for her school that was made to help students get anonymous mentors so that they could get help without having to worry about who knew that they needed help. That's pretty impressive stuff, Matt. Oh, no, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, it, the whole article reads really, really well. Um, there's some great things said by the Waz. Uh, but one of the things that I commend her most for is realizing um, where she needed help. Um, she had a great idea and utilized, um, you know, someone else to help her design the website itself and stay true to her core by working on the stuff that she was good at and that person could help design the site for her. Yeah, it's a great story. She found something that she found was a need and she knew that she didn't know how to do some of the things to get to that place and she used resources to get there. So it's a great story and it'll be in our um, on edtechweeklyshow.com. And you can check that out as well. Let's get to the next story. This one's from Scientific American, and it tells us that technology may be the key to make reading easier. Now, this article goes into some detail regarding how fonts and spacing for reading were designed to save space. You go back to the area of the printing press, um, the amount of paper that they might have had or might have wanted to use, You know, trying to reduce the size of books. Uh, but now, with the technology that we have, you can truly start to space letters and words in a way that is friendly for readers, especially those that might struggle. Um, it's kind of a new way for me. I hadn't really thought of that, looking at you know, putting text out there for students to read, especially those that struggle. Uh, it sounds like it could make a pretty huge impact, this type of study, um, if there's more research done. Any thoughts, Matt? Oh, I think it's very cool research. I mean, uh, I'm still waiting for wingdings to take off again. I've been investing heavily in tattoos. What now? What's wingdings? Wingdings were like the uh, the weird symbols that you would write to your friends in um, class, and then they would copy and paste it, and then you know copy it, and then change it into a different font so they could read what I wrote. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh-huh. completely out of the. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just move on to the next. See story. you guys later, guy. I'm gonna go <laughs> sports. Yes. All right. The next story, according to the New York Times, Bill De Blasio, a favorite of one of our friends, is going to require computer science to be offered to all students within the next ten years. There's a large push right now. Obviously, we've had multiple stories since we started doing this podcast about computer science, uh, but this is the most aggressive one that I've seen. Uh, the students won't be required to take the course to graduate, but the goal is to have it available to all students who may want to at least test it out and see. Uh, there's definitely going to be some problems. They talk about them in the art in the article, uh, namely getting teachers trained or hired that are able to do this. Matt, uh, any thoughts on this? Um, yeah, having uh, gone to high school in New York, uh, they've had this type of system for a while. Um, you could graduate with a regular degree, or you could get a um, regents degree. And that meant that you went down a path, uh, ed, you know, science, math. Um, in my case, I studied pretty much all of them. Um, and you could graduate by only taking two or three regents courses, or you could do all five. Um, so this is a step in, in a great direction, and I like the idea of trying to use some, you know, public and private funding to help get this in place. New York is in a very um, opportune area. I mean. Right up the uh, 87 corridor, you have Poughkeepsie, which is where IBM is at. Um, you have uh, Corning West out towards Buffalo. You have some of the greatest universities out there. I think it's going to take some time to start bringing a lot more students, but I remember my time at Plattsburgh State University, the computer science um, department was one that was taking off in the early 2000s. Uh, so I, I think that it's probably going to take some time, maybe in the next 10 years when it finally launches, there might be a a little vacuum, but I mean, our next story is going to actually talk about this as well. You have a lot of entrepreneurs that are learning at a very early age or coming back to this later in life that can offer a lot of, to this as well. Um, I wonder if they give you free windings training or is that something that you have to pay extra for? Well, uh, windings is, you know, it's, we're a pretty tight group, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Very, ex- very exclusive, I would imagine, based on the fact that I've never heard of it. But that's there's a lot of things I'm sure I haven't heard uh, of. You haven't been around for my font stand-up material? <laughs> I'm sure it is a real romp of comedy. All right, Matt, our featured story, our last story of the day. Uh, this one's brought to us by Entrepreneur.com. They have listed 12 sites that help teach coding for free. And again, if you go to our website, edtechweeklyshow.com, I'll post a link to this story so you can go ahead and check out some of these as well. Uh, We'll just feature a couple of them and talk about them. I've had the chance to work with a couple of them on this list. Uh, Specifically, I've used Code Academy, which is a pretty popular one, and also HTML5 Rocks. Uh, Matt, have you had any experience with some of the sites listed? Um, I have used Code Academy um, pretty extensively. Um, off and on for a couple of years, Code Academy in the beginning was pretty much the only place that anybody ever went to. Um, and at the time, I mean, it's coding to teach you how to do HTML. Really didn't teach you a whole lot about, you know, other systems. It's grown vastly, and there's a lot of cool stuff that's out there. Um, I've, you know, gone back to brush up, hone, and straight up play around with newer um, lessons uh, to try to create something else. Their JavaScript is really, really cool. Um, I, you know, as a whole, I would just like to see more and more of these, but GitHub does a really good job of it, of working in command line, server-based lessons, um, getting students more comfortable with command line. I think that's something 
that you know people can probably learn a lot from. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with GitHub, but I I know when I've listened to some uh, technology podcasts, I've heard of I've heard of different programs that are maybe open source that you can download from GitHub. Is that accurate? Is that some of the sort of stuff that happens there? Yeah, I mean it's it's all across the board. There's been some really great stuff I've seen. Um, it's people building software uh, that you can use layered in together with products from DigitalOcean or other web hosting companies that you can get VPSs for re- relatively cheap, and you can run, you know, a Netflix-esque type system um, where you have your own private, you know, videos that are up there, and you create your own product, and it's all, you know, outside of your house. I feel like GitHub is more, more into the techie you know, really kind of know a lot about that world. Uh, does it, do you feel like it's accessible for just the average Joe if they go there? Or do you really have to have some sort of a background you don't to understand to. the way it's set up? You don't have to have a background. It's really across the board. I mean, if you're looking for a tiny little widget that you could use, there are some people on GitHub who've created Chrome extensions, um, and you can learn a lot from doing stuff like that. Um, I actually was just talking with my sister-in-law earlier today about a website and I told her to go to Code Academy, and um, let me see if I can find it really quickly. HTML5up.net, and basically it's this website where this guy had built fully responsive HTML5 and CSS3 websites, and the code in them is completely free. And you pair those two together, and you're unstoppable for creating HTML5 and CSS3 sites. And that's where you're seeing a lot of crossover. Uh, if you go to Reddit, um, the subreddit web dev or the subreddit programming, you'll see a lot of collaborations in there. In fact, if you go right now to the subreddit Let's Start a Company, there's a few cool little gems that you can find in there of people from web dev and programming that have gotten together using GitHub and then created a brand new company based on that. Um, there's just so much out there, and GitHub is probably probably the kernel where you're going to find a lot of these places passing through. Um, and GitHub has done a great job partnering up with a lot of other companies too. So, Yeah, that's very cool. I, I, I still do feel like maybe you know our average listener might be a little intimidated, but check it out uh, and get on Reddit and ch- check it out there. The community is actually pretty awesome on Reddit. I've had a few questions as I've tried to start into some things. I'm not programming, but and they're very, very um, good at getting you directed to the right places. There's a lot of really good information on there. I think I may go on there in a little bit and see if I can find some wingdings and ask them where to do those. I bet somebody on there will know. It's not a parking lot, and you can't find them in a bag. Okay. Well, I guess that's a good thing. Um, you know, the other one I'll mention is HTML5 Rocks. Um, I thought it was a pretty great site, and they have updated it a lot since I've been on there. Um, a lot more user-friendly sort of to find tutorials and things that you need. But as a very, very, very amateur web developer, you know, kind of designing my own website when I was a teacher, um, I found that when I needed, I don't know how to do this. You know, I don't know what to do here. They really give you some tutorials that can kind of get you past a few things that you may not understand on your own. So look at some of these links to help you in those ways. If you don't have any experience with these things, what a great way to sort of just get your feet wet and sort of learn and you you know might find something that you're really interested in. But also from the educational perspective, you know, let your kids know about some of these sites. Let your students, you know, give them the information 
if they want to sort of pursue this stuff. Again, with we saw with de Blasio, not every student has the opportunity to get into computer science through the curriculum. So, you know, give them this opportunity on their own and support them if possible. And again, you know, go to edtechweeklyshow.com and we have that story link up there. Or just honestly, just do a Google search for, you know, how to learn how to code or learn programming. And you're going to get a lot. I mean, it's more and more all the time, and they're getting better and better. Oh, I'll tell you this right now. From working back end and doing sysadmin, uh, Google is 90% of my job. When something breaks or like an old, old system that I don't know anything about or fixing an error in PHP 4.3.3, Google yeah, exactly. I so. mean, it's a great resource. And again, the the bottom line here with education is we want to be giving our students and ourselves as much opportunity to learn new things to sort of, you know, branch out and, and, and include as many different options for students as possible and let them know this stuff is out there. Well, if you want more information about that featured story or any other stories we talked about, once again, that's edtechweeklyshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Four Tech Teachers. That's at the number Four Tech Teachers. Just going to give you some some stories that are going on. Share some of the same stories maybe that we do on the show, but also some other tips that I find throughout the week in my in my job. Um, email the show, please do edtechweekly at gmail.com. Give us some feedback. Do you like the format? Do you think we're doing all right? Do you think we're awful and we should hang it up? I'd love to hear most of those things. Uh, call and leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the show if we get one. Matt's favorite number, 305-92-TECH2. That's 305-92-TECH2. Matt, any comments about that number? How what much you, you like it? What did you throw, a niner in there? Are you calling from I, walkie-talkie? I, I threw a niner in there. And we will promise to play the first voicemail, maybe the second and third. You know, we haven't gotten one yet, but we're hopeful. And don't forget edtechweekly.reddit.com. There's links there that we post from the show. You can get on there. And uh, and again, if that's just another way for you to get involved with Reddit and look at some of those uh, subreddits and find some ways to sort of learn a little bit more, there are some subreddits for teaching and, and those type of things as well. So get in there and, and learn from others and, and help build a community. Matt, as always, end of the show, people are, you know, the, the few people that listen are looking for your words of wisdom as we leave for the day. Okay. I will. I am going to talk about my favorite picture on Reddit right now, and that is a picture of a Subaru, and it is a wagon, station wagon Subaru. Is that what you're hoping for, Matt? Yes. Well, after uh, Volkswagen finally kills my car off. Yes, Matt's had some unfortunate luck with his car recently. Yeah, you can hear about it. It's one of the 11 million cars that has to be recalled. Yeah, something about cheating and oh, acting yes. like it was better emissions and actually building a system to subvert the emissions process. Is that accurate? Yes, I believe straight up lying like a gangster is how uh, basically well, the head of Volkswagen is Sepp Blatter. Of uh, yes, of FIFA, yes. Good, good reference. Now, I do have one question. How many millions or billions of dollars are they going to have to pay in a fine for this? I would assume a substantial fine. Well, it was before that it was going to be $18 billion because of 500000 in the United States. But with $11 million from all around the world, um, part of me wants to say they're going to get fined a lot. The more realistic side of me thinks, oh, no, they're all just going to be like, don't do it again, guys. That was wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, 
we should maybe start a car podcast because you have a wealth of information on that too. Matt, I appreciate you being with us as always, and we will see you next Wednesday night, and the podcast will be out Thursday. We're going to do it. See you guys next time on EdTech Weekly. If you didn't hear that, that was a high five through podcast medium and it's oh, audio. Do you, want, do you want to do it again for the end of the show? The high five? One, two, three? Yes. I didn't get it that time. All right. We'll see you next time. Hola. Bye-bye.